you are listening to Blockchain Beat. This episode was previously featured on the Blockchain PR podcast. Hi there, my name is Ana Paula Picasso and you are listening to the Blockchain PR podcast. Is the hype around blockchain dead? To answer this question, I invited Ludwig Oberi, co-founder of cryptocurrency brokerage Safello, and Angelica Lipsda Cruz, CEO of Inorbis, a business analytical tool for sustainable development using blockchain. Ludwig, Angelica and I talked about the hype cycles around blockchain and crypto projects, and also how blockchain can help solve sustainability problems. And if you want to know more about Inorbis or Safello, the links are in the description. And if you want to know more how blockchain PR can help your business grow, just go to www.blockchainpr.online. Welcome, Angelica, and welcome, Ludwig. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, we uh, before you came in into the conversation, Ludwig, we, me and Angelica, we were talking about the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> the world is economically collapsing at the moment. <laughs> Apparently so, because I was sitting here drinking my tea and, um, yeah, she said uh, the world is ending. And I was like, well, let, let's put it in perspective, Anna. Uh, let's say that um, we were waiting for a crash, okay? And uh, this yeah. I'm talking about the stock market. Uh, I'm talking about all the valuations, such as the Bitcoin as well. And yeah. uh, we were waiting for a crash because of health situation. And then it gets very concrete why um, sustainable values, I would say, is very important for the economics and why it's not subjective. I mean, we are all people. <laughs> we need food. We need some basic stuff. And if we are not healthy, if people are dying, if there is a, a pandemic out there, uh, of course, it will impact the economy. Of course, it will imp- impact the productions and, and what we are actually doing in our day-to-day lives to create value. Okay? So then... We can start there. And of course, it's, it's um, this virus and um, uh, the, the health situation of the world is in trouble. And now we are seeing a crash and it starts in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So the coronavirus is affecting the economy more than we like to think. Yeah, yeah I would say we, w- we were waiting for this. Let me just tell you a little bit about my background, Ludwig, because I haven't, uh, we have actually chatted. I met Angelica Last year, 2019, at Stockholm Fintech Week, there was a sustainability track and she came in and I look at her and say, I think she must be Brazilian too. <laughs> and um, so we start chatting, then we met again last month at Stockholm Fintech Week 2020. And I said to her, yeah, let's do, um, let's do a podcast episode. And then she also mentioned you to come and have a three-way chat with with me and and her and talk about blockchain. And then how do you guys know each other? How and Angelica met, I think we met at some startup uh, mentorship um, event yes. at SAP46, I think it was. Yes, that's um, right. <laughs> yeah, where we both were kind of advising um, 
some people who wanted to get into the startup business and, and were having kind of a, a hackathon, whatever you want to call it. Exactly. A couple of yeah. years ago now, Ludwig. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. A lot has happened since then. Yeah. Yes. yes, that's great. And uh, Ludwig, I, I follow you on, on the blockchain. I think it's, um, it's still um, a, a very hot topic. Uh, from my side, of course, I've, uh, I've left the banking world to be on the innovative side and to work more on the transition, as I call it, from the old economy to the new economy. Uh, so I call my work today, and I do have a fintech and a startup myself, um, I call it, um, we are a bridge today, and not only from the technical perspective, but also from the values perspective, like I'm saying, uh, what is a, a value created today, a value added? And for me, uh, that is clearly what the future, the winners of the future will be. And there is a, a transition until then. And that's what we are seeing now with um, the Bitcoin, with other uh, um, cryptocurrencies and with the blockchain technology, a new protocol. And, and again, I, I'm, I'm very happy to be talking to you again. Yeah, it's great to have a bit of discussion here. And uh, I think it's interesting to see where this industry will go. I think we're still kind of very early days. Yeah, on that note, I will ask my first question. Is the blockchain hype dead? Yeah, I think we've seen uh, several hype cycles, especially if you look at Bitcoin, where it's kind of a self-running cycle where the price of cryptocurrencies go up, media starts writing about it, and there's kind of a self-driving uh, hype. And the same thing happened with blockchain, where there was a lot of funding going to blockchain startups, which in then turned more media attention to blockchain, and which in turn caused more uh, funding to come into the space and over just a couple of years uh, there was a lot of uh, startup funding and project funding but I think what happened that kind of killed that hype is that a lot of those projects got stuck at kind of a prototype stage where they didn't deliver any business value because they kind of the idealistic view met the kind of cold reality uh, of how businesses and legal systems work and I think that's kind of where we are today, where we have some projects that need to get over that hump and get into actually delivering value. And I think once that happens, I think we'll see uh, the hype returning again. But for now, I think it's a, a bit of a stalemate. Mm, that's, that's a very good start, Ludwig. I would say from my side, uh, if, if I don't think just about a hype and a buzz, uh, I see projects going forward. I see banks working still to incorporate the technology into their systems and their products. Uh, for example, I'm an expert on trade finance and uh, there are a lot of smart contracts and a lot of programs that the banks are still driving and working on to create a very transparent and more efficient um, a digital way of handling such a product like a letter of credit or a guarantee or these other kind of, of contracts. And uh, the technology is um, dear to me because of the transparency of it. And when you have a transparent technology and you have um, a, a deal and, and systems that can create these values, I really think it's, um, it, it's, it's not going to stop here. It will continue and it will be... Um, uh, I would say creating even more um, uh, ground in the future. But yes, we are still in early stages. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to give my two cents now. I think uh, probably two years ago, even the word blockchain 
hitched the peak hype, I would say. Blockchain was the answer to every single problem in the world. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then on the point of uh, on the marketing PR, people or new projects would cram as many mentions of blockchain, their landing pages and the white papers. I think there was this psychological effect and say, okay, if we mention blockchain 10 times, 20 times, 30 times on a project that would that might attract my investors. And I think probably a year ago or so, uh, they started to decline. I think what I've seen, I've seen projects, they're concentrating on the solutions of the problem and the blockchain or the word blockchain is still there, but kind of in the background. It wasn't the first thing they were selling. Yeah. I think the first thing they're selling now yeah. is what they're solving. Yeah. Anna Paula, let me tell you two um, points of views uh, based on what you're saying. Um, I would say the first thing would be that we are humans and sometimes we think like, oh, uh, here is the savior. It's a technology. It's called blockchain, right? And then exactly. we try to put all the efforts there to see that and to believe that this will solve all the problems. And it's not really true, right? Because technology in itself is the enabler, not the, the, the solution, right? It's enabling something. The other thing that you mentioned, and it's very, very well said, it's the, about the investment. I mean, there there was today. There are there is a little bit less of that, but there was a lot of liquidity in the systems, a lot of money that could be invested in, and and, and especially technology is very very uh, attractive for investors to put the money in. And then uh, they started with that, and then there was a, a peak, like you say, and then it's going down now a little bit because it needs to be commercialized. Now let's also think about that we've seen these kind of cycles before. And technology is here to stay and it will continue. Now, the investments, they follow, of course, the liquidity in the market and what's going on and the innovative um, aspect gathered with the commercialization of it. Um, so I would say there are two sides of it. That's what I want to, to pinpoint. There is the side where we create mm -hmm. business and uh, really give solutions with the technology. And there is the side of the hype of the investment, uh, which is, uh, to, yeah, I, I would say it's, it goes hand in hand, but still two different things. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think even though we don't see a lot of headlines right now about blockchain, I think there's a lot of people that did get funding in the hype that are now building. Mm. Um, and I think that's it's not unique with blockchain. This is like how technology develops. There's hype that might have been, you know, um, overly hyped, so to speak, that you can't reach the goals that you had. Blockchain was considered like a, a silver bullet, a solution for everything. Everyone just took blockchain and threw it into it as a solution to the problem. Yeah. But I think we should more see it as, you know, one tool in a software development toolkit. And we need to think about where does this tool work? What solutions can it actually deliver? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we are now, where people are building specific uh, tools to solve specific problems that blockchain is good for. Uh, and I think we'll see, you know, the people building now presenting solutions in the next couple of years to actually show that they can deliver some business value with this technology. Exactly. I totally agree with you, Ludwig. It's, um, yeah, that's where we are, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, it's always hard to see, you know, who, who will come up with what. I think one other trend that we're seeing now is this like decentralized finance trend. Mm. Uh, and we'll see how, the, where that goes. There's a lot of, uh, 
interesting innovation yeah. the question is if it will actually deliver any additional value right. uh, and if it will be able to be uh, get the trust that it needs to be able to work because we've also seen a lot of different bugs in ethereum contracts and so on that might not <laughs> lend itself to being a, a trusted institution yet at least exactly uh, i mean that's the word that we need to focus on the trust i think the the, the solution will come out of a trustworthy partner that will pull this out with the technology. Uh, otherwise, um, it, it is very hard if you if you don't trust. Now the technology is there, but um, but it needs to come out from. Uh, I, I would say the, the this distribution and and the will to decentralize, uh, which is quite hard, quite hard. Yeah, I think a lot of projects that happened during the hype cycle was just adding blockchain as a word without actually um, changing the ideology or the way that the company works or the way that their business model works. Mm. And I think then you don't get the advantages. Um, some of the projects that I looked at, they didn't want to decentralize things. They didn't want to give up power or change their business model. They just wanted blockchain. But then you just end up with a slower database that doesn't actually help much. So I think it's important that we see these kind of new business models, uh, new ideas on how to solve solutions that actually uh, change how the processes work and how uh, uh, people conduct business. Because that's, I think, how you actually get up, uh, get any kind of value out of blockchain is to get full in and not just add it on as a you know a, a buzzword that's a brilliant um it, it's exactly that let me give you a comparison here so we 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 talk, talk, talk let's talk about there is a macro ecosystem out there that uh, holds into the power uh, there is of course a, a a huge system that is based not on decentralization and a comparison that i would like to make is for example the energy Right, the the how do we get electricity? How do we get the energy? And the decentralization of that is more or less, I would say, comparable to what we are trying to do with blockchain to get the efficiencies and the the gains out of the technology. And if that will is not there, like we're saying, uh, if 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 that's not the case, the only thing that is happening is the people wanting to keep the power and and the the the. the centralized mechanisms but using a new technology that uh, might not be fit for that yeah and I, I think one of the difficulties with blockchain is it, it's an infrastructure technology or, so the whole ecosystem either needs to change uh, or needs to be replaced in some way so it's been difficult i think for a lot of projects to go from there's one actor who who wants to implement this but then to actually get any value out of it they need to convince the other parties in the ecosystem to join mm. and that's i think one of the issues that has been that um it's quite mm. difficult also from a business um model perspective how you create a common infrastructure and uh, that needs investment up front but you don't want to close it off so that people can't join in the future so it's kind of a it's a difficult process of, of having an open enough system. You get the benefits, but close enough so that the people who invested it in building yeah. that technology actually get something from it. Uh, that's a typical one. It's actually the business model of, of that you're describing is contradicting what the deficiencies of the technology is, right? And when you have that kind of case, it's not going anywhere. Um, I, I, I truly believe that some of the investors... 
uh, still try to do that kind of centralized power, right? Or a quick exit. And uh, that's actually not we are look at what we are looking at, right? So let's take the other approach and saying, what about creating a system and putting out there and never mind what you get back. I mean, it is for the future, the, fu the winners of the future and for the best of the whole society, I mean, that's a different match, right? That's what internet did for some years ago. And we've seen it before. And um, yeah, I mean, can, can, and then there are some big players that control certain parts of it. And we know what happened with that. Um, there is, um, um, I would say, a, a, um, a paradox here uh, with this kind of... Um, uh, the business models that we're talking about and what the technology can actually do. Uh, I have another example uh, that, that we started, for example, the, the Swish, right? Uh, when we started with that, it was just for a few um, banks and uh, the potential of the technology would, of course, be global, right? For everybody. So, But, but then you decide a couple of things as, as the owner uh, that might not give the full efficiency of, of the technology. And that's just another another example to make, to make it very clear what we could do with, with uh, blockchain and um, and where we are stuck at the moment yeah i think open innovation and and uh, having open technology that people can can use and innovate on um is quite important but i think that's also where there's been a, a bit of a disconnect where the people are investing in blockchain technology they want to own the ip they want to control the systems and, and that doesn't really work with with these kind of uh, common ecosystem or, or, or common infrastructure technologies mm -hmm. because then you don't get people joining it then you're sitting alone with your own blockchain that no one else yeah. is using yeah um, it's quite useless yes <laughs> it's the story of that little kid that is holding to the toys right and it's mine yeah. <laughs> and then you sit alone there with the toy greed is a problem greed is a problem indeed <laughs> indeed <laughs> talking about the future now so where do you see things progressing from the years to come? I know, Ludwig, you mentioned that they'll come in cycles. Uh, we have hypes and ups and downs. And uh, Angelica, do you see that happening as well? Or do you see differently? Yeah, no, no, no. I see the cycles. I see. We, we always have cycles. Um, and uh, yeah, Ludwig, go first. I would say uh, you see it much better blockchain from your side. Yeah, I mean, if you particularly look at crypto, because I think crypto and blockchain, they kind of go hand in hand in terms of their hype cycles. I'd say that mm -hmm. you know, Bitcoin and crypto has been through like four or five different hype cycles. Um where you see this kind of self-reinforcing uh, price goes up, media writes about it, price goes up further, more people start using it until something breaks that. Um, and then it's the opposite, that there's negative news and then people get scared and sell off and then there's more negative news and so on. Um, but I think what's more interesting is what happens between these kind of peaks and troughs is the people building things, that when it's calm and quiet, um, people are actually building things instead of focusing only on price or, or raising the most amount of money. I think that's where the actual uh, innovation comes from is these quiet periods where people are just working on uh, not making a lot of fuss. I love to hear that, Ludwig. That, that actually is what I see um, also. Um, and and uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, um, it, it need, the, the quietness and the, 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 I would say the peace to develop, right, needs to be there. 
uh, talking about myself when you do a, a, a project yourself. I mean, if you are out there just hyping and raising the price, that's one thing to do, but then you're not developing, right? So you need to have that peace and um, to, to get to the solutions and, and uh, to work behind the scenes, under the radar, I would say. Yeah, and I also think it's quite healthy that uh, the ecosystem is kind of uh, cleansed, so to speak, of bad ideas or, or bad projects, where in the kind of the top of the hype cycle, everything flies. Even bad ideas get a lot of funding and uh, get a lot of hype behind them. But then I think it's during the difficult times so you see who has actually built something of value. Um, so I think that's quite important as well. That's very yeah. important. Uh, Ludwig, do you see the same um, ratio that uh, um, nine of 10 fails? Do you see the same for blockchain or do you see uh, other kind of ratios? I think it might even be higher because of this kind of strong network effect, at least if you're talking about kind of the infrastructure, infrastructure level and the cryptocurrencies. Um, because if you have a lot of different players, then they have a lot less value. Um, the more people who join a network, the more value that network has. So that kind of forces people into some common standards or some com common interoperabilities. Um, so I think if you're building applications, maybe the kind of classic nine out of 10 fails um, is correct. But I think if you're building like an infrastructure layer, I think it might be uh, that maybe you know 95 of 100 are going to fail or something like that. But um, it's very hard to tell. I think a lot of the people who made like big ICOs and so on are starting to run out of funding. And I think they're going to have a hard time getting more funding. So I guess we're going to see, you know, what happens when the people are promised to deliver something uh, end up, you know, having a large marketing budget, spending a lot of money on uh, maybe unnecessary things, uh, as we saw during the hype bubble. And now they're running out of money, haven't delivered the product. And I think they're going to struggle now. Um, I have a question about ICOs. I think is Maybe for you, Ludwig, been hearing about they died back in 2017. So how how is it working right now? I was never really a large fan of ICOs to start with. Right. <laughs> so maybe I'm yeah. the wrong person to ask. Fair enough. Uh, but I think, you know, we're seeing the same thing in a lot of sectors of the economy right now. We're also seeing that, for example, in property markets in Sweden. You can no longer sell just on a drawing. Uh, you actually need to have built the house before people are willing to take out a mortgage and, and, and move in. And we're seeing the same thing, I think, with ICOs, that maybe you can do an ICO, uh, but you have to do it differently. You have to have a product. You have to have something that you can show that actually delivers value. You can't just come with a, a fancy white paper and say, give me you know, $10 million, because that doesn't fly anymore. I think... If you have already put in the work and you want to expand, I think there might be a market. But otherwise, I think it's quite tough right now. I see. I see. And I would say it will be tougher. It will become even tougher now. Yeah, considering we're talking about, you know, uh, the economy crashing and everywhere, you don't really want to invest in some obscure ICO at the moment, maybe. Yeah, now I want to talk about yourselves. So how... You guys got involved with blockchain. How did your journey with blockchain and, and crypto and everything else started? I kind of uh, accidentally uh, found Bitcoin in 2011. I was interested in building computers and uh, gaming and so on. And then I was in a, a forum for people who like building computers. And I found someone posting that you can make money using your computer and uh, doing Bitcoin mining. And I didn't really, you know, I was a bit skeptical. I thought this was some kind of scam. 
but I, I thought it was interesting and I, I kind of started reading it up about it. I installed like a, a Bitcoin mining through like a, a terminal on the computer. I hadn't really done much uh, with a terminal or any programming on that before. So it was a bit challenging, but after a couple of days, I managed to get it going. And uh, I remember I, I sold like a hundred kroner worth of Bitcoin or something like that. And I had to exchange it through like a Linden dollars was like this, um, uh, what's it called? Second Life, or whatever it was called, like some virtual <laughs> world <laughs> game that I could then change oh, into dollars that I could then change into CX. I remember it was being quite a hassle process, but I remember actually getting you know, 100 CX to my pay- PayPal account. Then I thought, okay, you know, maybe this isn't a scam. And I, I started reading up, you know, what is this? How does it work technically? And, and kind of got interested in the ideological and economic perspective as well. And then it's kind of been down the rabbit hole from there. So it was completely accidental, actually. <laughs> down the rabbit hole or up the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, depending how you see it. Yeah, depending how you see it. And um, and right now, uh, I see you involved in different projects. So I actually started studying a bit uh, two years ago because uh, I've been in the crypto industry for quite a while and I felt like I want to broaden my horizons a bit and do some other stuff. So I stepped back from, uh, I then worked at, at Chromaway, which is a startup that does blockchain infrastructure mm-hmm. technology, has worked with the Swedish land registry as one of my main projects uh, to create a digital platform for real estate transactions mm-hmm. and then that project was kind of uh, finalizing or, or going to a new stage then I uh, decided it was a good time to uh, call it quits so now I'd work as a consultant a bit doing educational stuff workshop within blockchain and crypto and um, then I also I'm involved in having a podcast uh, as well uh, regarding crypto. yeah what's your podcast please it's in Swedish uh, it's me and two friends uh, we talk and interview people about uh, crypto and, and blockchain in general. Um, and what's the podcast called? Consensus Podden. It's in Swedish, though. Consensus Podden. I love it, Ludwig. I will put a link. Don't worry, I'll put the link. Maybe that's nice, yeah. People find you guys. So, so I, yeah. I, yeah, and, and then I'm also involved in the Swedish Bitcoin Association, which is this uh, non-profit to uh, try to educate um about crypto and and increase the usage of crypto in in Sweden. Great, sounds good. And let's talk about uh, you and me, Ludwig, offline about uh, Swedish Blockchain Association. Maybe we can sort work something out. Sure, that sounds between good. The two associations. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what about yourself, Angelica? Yeah. I know you have, um, you know a lot about sustainability and ethics. Mm-hmm. And obviously blockchain, how does yeah. this all came together for you? Yeah, um, I think it was more or less uh, blo- blockchain. It was more or less around 2012. So a little bit after Ludwig that I started to understand that that existed. And then what was that? And I was looking at uh, what, what was those um, 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 new um, technology coming on and the Bitcoin and all of that. And at that time I was working for SCB. So, of course, I got into um, the, the questions of Corda, of Ethereum, and uh, I was also handling, because I was a, a high-level manager, I was involved into uh, KYC discussions and how could that technology help the knowing your customers and how could that look like. Uh, there were some large projects around those topics and the technology and how to solve that. 
Um, so that's when I, I really got in touch with first um, to understand what blockchain was, what distributed ledger uh, was, and uh, what could we do with it. Um, I really love the project of real estate, uh, Ludwig, and um, it is very, very important. Uh, if we connect now to the sustainability field, the real estate project in a transparent technology like blockchain and, the, and decentralized like that um, is, is a perfect fit for sustainable development where other countries, such as people in Africa and in other remote places, don't even have the ownership of the the, the papers that they actually have the rights to uh, because of corruption, for example. So that's a good example of how you connect good technology to develop into a human, <laughs> um, purposeful um, life, I would call it. Uh, that comes, of course, with the ethics of, um, um, you know, if, if I may say a little bit provocative, like the, the modern slavery that we have today. Uh, and, and again, especially abroad where you have um, places and, and, um, and, and communities that are still uh, without the, the technology available for us today here. We are lucky ones, you know, to have both water and um, good infrastructure and uh, mobile phones. I mean, this is not true for every everyone out there. And that when it comes to the sustainability field and ethical, uh, where we need to understand what we are creating so we can, again, to the bridge, to deliver a right, uh, I would say, not, not, not right is not the right word, but I would say... Um, a future that I would be proud of, maybe I should call it like that, for our future generations to come, uh, where people have their rights and have their contracts into a transparent system that nobody can just come and say corruptly, uh, hey, this land is mine now and, and you're nobody. So, I mean, th this is the, the kind of steps we need to take. And yes, I am devo um, developing today my own um, assessment. It's a business intelligence system called the Norbis. Uh, we've done a lot of research for three years ago. That's when uh, Lud Ludwig, do you remember when we were in Northwind House and I was starting to develop and I asked you, should I put anything in blockchain? <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> so so we were discussing how, how Enorbis would use um, the data because it's a huge data streaming we do. We have above 15 data sources at the moment and we are connecting the dots and not only economically, but putting the values of the sustainability fields such as the environmental, the human capital, the social capital, all these aspects that are really important. And, and, and last but not least, the trust and the governance of our business. And that's, um, that's a B2B platform, a, a really interesting and beautiful one that I'm very proud of developing uh, at the front run today. And if you, anyone wants to know more about Enorbis, how do they contact you? Yeah, they can they can just shout out. Uh, their homepage is Enorbis.com. So they can just shout out yeah. and uh, get, get to know us a little bit more. Okay, great. I'll put the link as well. So if anyone wants to know more about Enorbis. Yes. And um, is there anything else you like? You guys like to talk about it that I haven't asked? I always like to ask this question at the end. Maybe comment a bit about uh, Angelica's discussion with um, sustainability and real estate, because I think that's quite an interesting topic. Uh, we worked a bit with that with the Swedish land industry. Um, there's a famous uh, Peruvian economist called Hernando de Soto, who has this theory that 
um, part of why poverty exists is because uh, they don't have ownership of their own assets, such as their the real estate or the land, and that means they they don't have the incentives to develop on them. Because if you don't own the own land you live on, then at any point someone else can come and force you away, uh, and you have no way of of you know showing that you actually own that part of land. So you have no incentive to invest in your own living situation. Um, so he he was one of those who pushed for uh, actually getting land registry uh, out into the rural uh, parts of uh, Peru um, and has been kind of going around the world since then and talking about this. And exactly. it's actually the Swedish land registry has a, a project where they actually help uh, Georgia uh, build uh, their new land registry system. And it's quite interesting because they have also started using blockchain technology where the titles for the land are registered on the Bitcoin blockchain. And and one can imagine that uh, they have a certain enemy to the east, so to speak, (laughs) who who might invade them at any point. And then it's interesting to have this kind of irrefutable a record that can't be deleted um, that we can say to international courts or, or similar that, you know, this land was registered to this person uh, before this foreign uh, power took over. So it's quite interesting from several aspects how uh, having an, uh, a kind of transparent ownership uh, can really help. Yeah, I, I know that very well. Um, I was for one and a half years in um the United States talking to the United Nations uh, um, projects and people that were working there. One of my partners is the UNCDF, the Capital Development Fund, uh, where we work a lot on um, the which kind of infrastructure should this fund, which is huge, um, uh, deliver on and, and invest on. And this is a huge one. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm connected um I would say remotely to those things, but I follow it very well. It's a, it's a beautiful example of how we can make the world a better place with the technology. There was even some uh, some projects being trailing in Brazil about land registry that I know of. We can connect another one, Ana Paula. The health mm-hmm. the health situation of each individual is another big one, and the the track records there. But I think that's even a uh, uh, even more difficult one to create. Real estate is a really first go out, but it's still a, a heavy one. Um, but but I, I guess this is the future. This is where we should be getting. I mean, the KYC and the individual track records, I, I, I truly believe that if all people and business would own their own track records, right, that would make a huge difference. That would... Um, um, create a sustainable platform and ground basis for a brilliant development. And we don't have that today. We don't have that in the internet today. And, um, and, and th- yeah, there is a long, a long way uh, to go. Yeah, there's a long way to go. But uh, I like the way you talk about sustainability since and you're very passionate. You're very optimistic as well. I know there's been some projects trying to kind of digitalize journal, uh, journals yeah. because uh, they're usually like uh, either analog on paper or there's a, a system at each hospital in each region right. and it's hard to share information and, and to do studies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen a couple of those, but um, there are some legal issues with you know, GDPR and, and similarly yeah. they're kind of putting a stop to that. And then also there's some 
issues regarding how do you represent it on the blockchain and so on. But I think that could be quite interesting, whether it's a blockchain technology or not, but having the user be in control of their data, having the user being able to uh, opt in to participate in statistical studies or uh, um, them actually sharing it with their specific doctors and and specialists Mm -hmm. and so on. Um, Because, for example, I I moved from Stockholm to Linköping Mm -hmm. and I had to ask them to, to physically print out my journal and send it over to Linköping on paper via post <laughs> uh, for them to write any prescriptions for me <laughs> because <laughs> they have my history because it was another region. Yeah. So it's kind of absurd that that is still the case in a yeah. country as rich uh, and with as good welfare uh, as yeah. Sweden. Yeah, exactly. And and but it's a perfect example, isn't it? And if if there is anywhere where we could start such a project, I would still say it's here, right? It's in Sweden. It it will not be on the Asian, you know, the other side. No, and and then I, you know, that's what happens usually with technology. It's a rich country uh, develops it, uh, and then it spreads and uh, kind of leapfrogs. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if such a system um, gets created that then uh, developing countries skip the centralized digital systems altogether. Uh, but I, I think there's a couple companies working on it, but I haven't seen any, except for some trials, any real uh, production of it yet. Okay. But I think that's the legal legal part that's uh, mm. most difficult. And then also uh, IT security wise. Right, right. Yeah, I think I find fascin- fascinating this side of, of blockchain. Yeah, so thank you guys for coming and talk about the blockchain hype and a little bit about yourselves. <laughs> thank you Anna Paula and thank, thank you Ludwig it's a pleasure always to speak the same thanks for listening if you want to know how blockchain PR can help your business grow just go to www.blockchainpr.online <laughs>